cults over here. Cults over there. There are cults everywhere. And we're going to tell you all about it with a fairy tale twist. Welcome to Once Upon a Cult. Once upon a time, there was a wonderful man who made all the cereal with no flavor. And then he mutilated body parts. Yay! Yay! <laughs> you guys are sick for yay. And these, are, these are still practices we get to use today. Still food science we use today. Yeah. 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 Isn't that fun and exciting? Mickey. Yes. Hi. I'm You're here. Back. I'm here. Hello. I'm hiding in my room. <laughs> I've been hiding in my room for the last, what feels like the past five, six months now. I've been working, oh. you guys, like hustling, and yes. <laughs> and I've been hustling keto, and so I was so excited to come back today and talk about this, because it's, to me, like, this whole story is just like, wait, we all know this, this is real stuff, and we still eat cornflakes? Why? Why are we eating cornflakes? <laughs> Why aren't these banned? So that's, I get real excited about this kind of stuff, especially. I can yeah. tell. Yeah. And that other beautiful man here is Rachel. How are you, Rachel? I'm doing good. <laughs> feeling feeling so beautiful. This is like my first time putting on a face. And it's radiant. Like makeup face. <laughs> radiant I, Rachel. My, my style of makeup is hardly existent makeup. And I did it just for you guys. It's gorgeous. Just for you. It's Aww. gorgeous. <laughs> so feeling, oh, feeling sassy and hot today. So Well, it's nice. showing. <laughs> you too. <Yeah. laughs> Not you, Alan. Where's your sassy and hotness? No. Yeah. Sorry. Um, I'll just walk off the camera. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so I was really surprised when you were like, let's do an episode on John Harvey Kellogg, who made Kellogg's cornflakes. Yes. How did you come across this, Vicky? Well, okay. So. I'm going to go ahead and talk about me for just a minute. You're going to TikTok I'm about you? I'm going to about me for a minute. Cause that's, what else is That's new? all you can do on TikTok is a minute anyway, right? Yep. <laughs> so I'm going to TikTok me for a minute. Um, so, okay. So my background for the last two years, I, I was overweight because you guys know me. You know me in my personal life. Uh, two years ago, I hit my heaviest weight, which, well, I stopped weighing myself, I should say. Because I don't even know if this was the heaviest that I got, but I hit 256 pounds. And I knew something had to change. And I knew, I was like, okay, what is within my realm of change? What is within my possibility of change? And what is realistic? And so I started really researching food and nutrition. And I, as you guys know, I go down rabbit holes and I started like, what's keto? What is this idea of keto? And I just like went down one rabbit hole than the other. And there's all these conspiracies around, you know, a keto diet and why it's like not in the limelight and all these like conspiracy theories to kind of like put keto down and stuff and and that's like of course Instead interesting of QAnon, it's K-Anon. exactly <laughs> K-Anon, yeah so i mean like there's of course talk you know there's and there's it just goes to to you like i think especially looking at this story it shows us as individuals we need to look at the motive behind people's science quote unquote you know because it's not just like 
Dr. Kellogg here, he's a doctor. We trust him automatically, right? Just because of that title alone, doctor. And we do this today. Like how many people just trust their doctors without ever thinking anything of it? Your doctor's gonna push a pill or a prescription to you. And that's, that's acceptable because a licensed physician did this, you know, or gave this to you. Well, the same way we, we have this story here, which is Dr. Kellogg and his motivating factors, you know, which were not scientific. And so the, I think this story in particular shows that we are all human with uh, influences other than just science that end up getting into our food system. And so for me, that's always been a, yeah. 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 It is such, everyone talks about like the positive aspect of losing mm-hmm. weight, but I feel like People rarely talk about the body dysmorphia you suffer oh from God. afterwards, yes. like where I would look at myself in the mirror and I didn't recognize myself. Yes, and that's like the weirdest thing. And <laughs> it's so weird. It is. It is. So that's, and that's, I know so many people because I've connected with, with so many other men and women that have gone through weight loss transformation that they don't understand initially starting out that this is going to be a mental change more than anything else. Your mental is going through a transformation more than anything else. And I can't stress that enough. Mm -hmm. So for me, I've been working on my support network for that. So I felt going through my weight loss transformation, that support was the biggest thing that I needed. And, you know, I didn't need to be told, don't eat this or don't eat that. I knew what not to eat, but I needed that mental support to help me with, okay, your body is changing. You do look different. And it's, you know, just all these crazy things that come along with how you look at yourself as a person. So, yeah. So if you guys do want to join my keto network, all y'all people, my culties listening out there want to jump on my keto soapbox, train, whatever, uh, you can check me out at theketoquestion.com. So I'm going to plug that. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, let's talk though about the suppression of masturbation, if we shall. I, I think that is a great, That's a great segue, right? Start with. Great segue. <laughs> I lost yeah, weight. Let's talk this, about masturbating. This upset me so much. I masturbated into a bowl of Kellogg's this morning and then I yes! ate it. I ate it. Oh. That, that sounds, sounds delicious. Like some it yeah, was. that's <laughs> frosted flakes. Gosh, the true form of frosted flakes is revealed. <laughs> All right, so today we are talking John Harvey Kellogg, who was born February 26, 1852. And I will say, before you get into Kellogg, the belief starts before that. Yes. Seventh-day Adventist history. Like, before you even get into that Kellogg arc, there was a big movement that was starting where this new religion, uh, or new denomination Mm -hmm. of a religion was taking hold. So it's a Protestant religion those broke away from Catholicism in 1517. There was like a great awakening around the 1730s. And then around the 1790s, there's a second great awakening. And there's all these new denominations happening. That's when we first start seeing these really evangelical mm-hmm. denominations happening. And um, tons of them are coming out. And I know that it's come up in one of your episodes before yes. the Miller. I was going to say our first season, we talked about the Miller. Do you remember how much we talked about the Millerites? I feel like so many of our groups in season one were based off of Seven Day Adventists and the Millerites. 
And for me, I just... They inspired They did. They did. I feel like, (laughs) I'm like, was the late 18 or mid, like, to late 1800s kind of equivalent to almost what feels like the 70s now? And almost like what we're seeing, I feel like, with today, where it was like people are... We're very much searching for something, and so everybody was out trying to get enlightened at that time, because I feel like we go through this every so many, like, every 50 years, 50 to 60 years, it's like people find some way to, like, be enlightened, quote-unquote. I don't know. Yeah. Right now we're being mindful. Yes. Back then, it was things like the Millerites, where um, at this time what was being really rediscovered was that people were transitioning from just trusting the people of the church to give them what to believe. And they're like, no, I'm going to have a personal relationship with this Bible. Mm-hmm. And in having that personal relationship, they were like, look at these different verses that obviously are very literal. Yes. Um, because this is a truthful book <laughs> yes. written from truth. Um, uh-huh. <laughs> and so some of those are like, one of the big beliefs was the seventh day Sabbath. So they're like, you can't celebrate on Sunday. Sunday isn't the Sabbath day. Sabbath day starts Friday night and goes throughout Saturday. And that's super important. And if you are celebrating on Sunday, you have been deceived by the devil. Wow. Yeah, it's, it's very serious. Yeah. It's very serious. Super serious. Which is kind of interesting because I'm like, as we were talking about last week, uh, we have very many social constructs and I feel like weeks are almost <laughs> like they measurements of times tend to be a social construct because if you look at it through history, there's so many different ways that we can measure time. It's been a three day week. It's been mm-hmm. a 19 day week. And eventually uh, because of the Babylonians and later the Romans after them trying an eight day week, they're like, no, seven days, seven yeah. days is the week. <laughs> That's, that sounds um. about right. Yeah. <laughs> it does make you think, but, like, one. it makes you kind of reflect and wonder, like, how how is it that we just decided on this seven-day week, which is five days of work, two days of relax, and who decided all this, you know? And, and it almost makes you wonder, too, about time right now in COVID mm-hmm. and how it almost... Because it has no meaning. I was going to say, because you want to be like, does it matter? What's a fucking week anymore? Who the fuck knows? I'm like, what day is today? Doesn't matter. I'm still going to do the same shit. I'm going to get up, walk my dog. Like, I'm still going to sleep when I... Like, I feel like for me, my sense of sleep is off and I don't sleep like I normally would. And I'm... But at the same time, I'm like, but does it matter? No. Yeah. Not really. Not really, yeah. So still I, does to me and Alan. <laughs> <laughs> it still matters if you, you go to a nine to five. five yeah. <laughs> Try having no That's job right. for a while. <laughs> I've been there. Yeah. <laughs> so that's one of the big beliefs that they are looking at is that seventh day Sabbath. And the other one is the literal second coming of Christ. Um, Even at this time, a lot of the churches and the Protestants are like, this isn't a literal thing. This is just like, it's going to be more like the second coming of Christ is something like a metaphor of the arrival of Christ, that everyone's coming to a Christ consciousness um, where they're coming to a higher nature. Um, But they're like, no, Jesus is literally coming down with his angels. He's bringing them down here. You don't get it. It's really going to happen. It's really going to happen, literally. This is happening. And the world is going to mourn at his feet. 
And this is how it's actually happening. So all of you people thinking that this is just a metaphor for something, you're wrong. This is really happening. And this is at a basis of a lot of the evangelical faiths. And this is why Miller became popular. Because he's like, oh, I know the day that Jesus is coming. He's coming on October 22nd. That's right. He was a Libra. 1844. (laughs) (laughs) Um. Um, and then what I that didn't to, happen. Yeah, right? <laughs> and then what, what I wonder, though, is, like, how, were people just at that time just like, yeah, okay. Like, like we had nothing else to... A lot like, of them I just, I, It's amazing to me how people have been that way, though, right? Like, throughout history, mm-hmm. we've had so many people that are just like, yeah, that sounds right. Let's go with that. No. What? And the infamous <laughs> for an apocalypse... I don't, yeah. I don't know about you guys, but I'm not really eager no, for that sort of situation. You know what I think I mean, it is, though. I think so many people follow religion, and they want they want like validation, like this is the right one. Right. So they look for mm-hmm. this apocalypse, like see, see, it's happening. So this was the right religion all along. And then you wonder too how much of it is peer pressure and fear. Mm-hmm. Well, you better get oh. on board with this. I feel this like is, Jesus is coming, and you don't want to be left behind, do you? Yeah, I mean, there's stuff about the uh, the neuroscience about how a lot of people that do follow these religions mm-hmm. have a more fear-based brain firing going on there. And then there's people like me that don't have enough fear at all that are just like, <laughs> That's oh, fine. What else? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go explore so, cults. That'll be fun. <laughs> yeah, that's <yeah>. <laughs> So it didn't happen, uh, but people are like, it's okay, it's okay, give it one more time. And he's like, okay, April 18th of 45, that's it. And and then that didn't happen. This became known as the Great Disappointment. And at this point, Millerite sort of like scatters, and they're like, well, he was obviously wrong, so we need something new to believe in. And so they kind of sometimes went back to their old sort of evangelical fades, or they found new ones. And so the new one that we're looking at today, Seventh-day Adventist, became really big under Ellen White, Ellen G. White. Everyone's like, this bitch, she is so good. She is a prophetess. (laughs) Like, yes, Yes. she's great. (laughs) She is humble. Mm -hmm. She knows, like, the faith. And she was a scientist. She was a yes. she was a food scientist. She started a culinary academy. I mean, hello. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. So, and she is so, what she really brought to light was she's like, it's not just about your spiritual well being. Your physical well being reflects your spiritual well being. If you have an unhealthy body, you're gonna have an unhealthy spirit. These things are intermingled, and there's things that you can do so that you have the most healthy spiritual body and physical body. What, what per se are some of these things we could do? <laughs> um, well, there's a lot of evil things yes. to avoid us. Uh, like, so at this time, everyone was eating all the meat, all of the meat, like, like carnivore breakfast. Yeah. yeah. Breakfast was a full roasted pig with potatoes, just, doused in pig fat and that was every day they didn't have quick breakfast Uh, they were just like every morning i want a pig um sounds great if you're keto minus the potatoes super great (laughs) all that fat that's great (laughs) but 
But it, it was kind of also having some side effects known as the Great American ev- er, Evil. Yes. And this was uh, the fact that people were suffering a lot from, you know, flatulence, constipation, diarrhea, heartburn, and upset stomach. It's like basically a Pepto-Bismo <laughs> ad. Okay. Uh, I was going to say, I felt like we eating. should have sang that. Like, nausea, heartburn, indigestion, <laughs> upset stomach, diarrhea. <laughs> Yes, that that is exactly what was going on. People from different countries were like, oh, that great American evil where your stomach goes terribly bad. Um, So one of the things she identified was like meat. Meat is making this happen. And she found a specific uh, little section in the Bible where she held on to this. It was Genesis 1, 29. And it was, and God said, behold, I have given you every herb bearing seed which is upon the face of all the earth and every tree in the which is the fruit of a tree yielding seed to you it shall be for meat and she's like so we're not supposed to eat meat we're supposed to eat only the seeds and the herbs because there's an h in it yes um (laughs) (laughs) um and so it became very like no meat vegetarianism we need to get into all the grain and the seeds this is what we that's need what to eat that's what you got out of that that's, yeah that's, yes obviously that's, that's the God literal said. translation that is mm-hmm. literally that being, what that means if there's one thing that you know about the seventh day adventists it's that they're very literal about yeah. their yes. bible this is not a creation story this isn't just so that we can learn things this is literal truths Ooh. Loud alerts. Um, but yeah, so meat's bad. Mm-hmm. Tobacco is bad. Caffeine, super bad. Alcohol, bad. Drugs of any kind, bad. Overeating, no. Uh, corsets, bad. Wigs, bad. Tight dresses. So they like had something against drag queens, I guess, because <laughs> they were predicting they were like, the future. No. They're like, we know no where this t- is going. I have a theory These are on Kellogg. Eagles. But- yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I do. Well, I'm excited for that. We'll get to it. <laughs> um, but so these are all evils that lead to morally and physically destructive vices such as masturbation oh. or excessive sex. Oh. oh. No, not good. So um they How so dare they you do the met, most natural thing on earth? <laughs> everyone's made well, to do it, but no. Well, it's funny that you mention a lot of sex because um, Mr. Kellogg's parents or his family, they they were huge for, <laughs> I mean, his dad. Where are we talking had, huge? I get message. <laughs> I mean, oh. <laughs> he was huge. How did you find that information? <laughs> I time traveled a I did bit. actually have a theory uh, about his penis, though. <laughs> All these theories. I'm so excited. I'll let Alan go first. Oh, no, but yeah. So like with his dad's first marriage, he had, he already had six kids from that marriage, but his second marriage um, with his current mom, there were, he had 11 more kids. Wow. So they were like Brady Bunch times. Okay. I feel Mm -hmm. like that supports my, my kind of thoughts on him. Penis Yeah. And his penis. (laughs) Um, I think he was really, really wanting to be sexually active, but he grew up in this church and he was actually raised, um, I think he was very suppressed sexually and probably abused. 
because he was raised in the church, the Seven Day Adventist group, but his family was, um, they were like a very like prominent member of the church and he was raised as a prophet. Mm -hmm. And so he was held his whole life on a pedestal and told, you're going to go to school, you're going to become a doctor, and you're going to advocate for this religion, and you're going to advocate for this way of life. So I feel like he was probably super sexually repressed and was like, I really just want to fuck something. And like, what the fuck? And if I can't fuck anything, no one's fucking anything. That's what that that's what I think. And then the other thing too is he had also suggested in a book he wrote as going to our our causes and ways that we can prevent things like sexual appetite. He's actually the one that suggested that we start with circumcising our young men at a very early age because that will lead to not wanting to masturbate, of course. And spoiler it, alert, it doesn't work. <laughs> right? Um, I have proof. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then also, women were um, encouraged to have to curb our masturbation. We, it was encouraged that they apply carbolic acid to the clit. Acid. Yes. Acid onto our special bits. Yes. No. I know. I'm like. And- no. I have a list here of apparently what what masturbation causes. Yes. Okay. Okay. ADSC, yeah. spinal derangement, yeah. heart palpitations, okay. nervous breakdowns, epilepsy, warts, uterine <laughs> prolapse, uterine cancer, insanity, sterility, and birth defects. I will have you know I do not have uterine cancer. <laughs> <laughs> but I do drive myself insane. Oh, yeah, no, <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah, this is I don't crazy. think this group would have gotten along no, with our dear friend no. Jack Parsons. No. Uh, they would have been no. very upset <laughs> about the sex magic. Yeah. I was looking, though, when we were like, and I was searching my research here at the masturbating thing, of course, and. I was very fascinating, and part of my theory is I think that he had a disease called phimosis, because in his book, he wrote about you need to circumcise small boys to avoid uh, phimosis, um, which I had no idea what it was, but apparently, and on Wikipedia, it's got a very fascinating picture of a man with this phimosis, and I have to say, he looks like a faucet. He looks like he's like sticking out, but the skin goes over, like, and it hangs a bit, and it looks like a faucet. And I really wish I could share this photo with you all. But okay. if you, <laughs> yeah. but I mean, if you go go, if you guys Google phimosis, then you would see that phimosis is a condition in which the foreskin of the penis cannot stretch to allow it to be pulled back against the glands. A balloon-like swelling under the foreskin may occur with urination. In teenagers and adults, it may result in pain during erection, but otherwise is not painful. So, my theory is that this gentleman had this and was constantly getting an erection and was constantly in pain and was like, I must be being punished by God for this. I mean, I'm looking at (laughs) it. I was going to say, you got to Google the Wikipedia one because it looks like a faucet, right? You see what I'm saying? 
It does. See? Now, here's what I've never understood, because I'm not saying all religion does this, but especially a lot of older religion demonizes sex so before much. marriage. Yeah. But then mm-hmm. they're like, but you also can't masturbate because that's evil too. But mm-hmm. then your body's like, well, now I have all this semen in here. Yeah. I need to get it's rid of it. Get, so I got to dump do it this shit somewhere. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I just always thought it's funny. Like, I know I know it's a roundabout conversation because if you say our bodies have formed for us to do this as a man or a woman, our, our bodies want us to do this. Mm-hmm. But then, of course, a religion could come in and say, well, it's the devil tempting Right. You. And how many it's religions have we seen in groups, too, that we've seen that try to suppress themselves sexually because they feel it's wrong look at like heaven's gate even that had really you know they got down to not so much being about the bible in the end but they were still so stuck on those views about sexual suppression that they went to the extreme of castrating themselves Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and i'll have you know one of the members of heaven's gate vicky their life was saved because of masturbation oh really when I watched the, the whole, whole show, yeah. the HBO show, one, one guy, guy he yeah. left. He left because he couldn't get rid of his desire to masturbate. See? And that's the only Your reason why he left. Your freaking sexual urge like, saved you. Your sexual yeah. urge saved you. <laughs> He's like, I turn on MTV and there's all these hot women <laughs> dancing around and I just knew, I gotta go. <laughs> Should we get into some of the ways that Kellogg tried to suppress sexual urges? Yes. We do. Uh, Cornflakes being the biggest one. And it's amazing to me. So they, they spent some time experimenting in the kitchen and trying to find what were ways that were going to suppress our sexual appetite. And we realized we were eating a lot of meat, a lot of protein, and we had to cut that out right away. Not only because of the I had two chicken tacos for lunch, and I am bursting out of my pants. I just want to come so much. Oh, my God. (laughs) I was going to say, Alan, are you ready for that? (laughs) (laughs) Does he he know that he's sitting right next to you? I'm just like making sure. Like, are you in the splash zone right now? Oh, my gosh. I'll be right back. <laughs> Which one of you will be right back? <laughs> it's just me and Rachel now. <laughs> Go eat some cornflakes and calm your ass down, calm okay? Down. Forget taking a cold shower. Just go eat some cornflakes. Yeah, that's crazy that like a lot of these cereals that we know today were made because they were made to be boring mm-hmm. and made to not stimulate sexual urges. Right. Yeah, and it's a, grape nuts. Yeah, yes. Mm-hmm. And the amazing thing to me, this is one of the amazing things to me, is that we know all of this today, and we know too that Dr. Kellogg actually had he had a whole group of people that he kind of worked together with too, other influencers, if you will, that were also doctors that were brought up in the Seven Day Adventist community. So he banded with them and they reached out to the USDA and was like, when we got to a time where food started, especially where 
um, <clears throat> mass production of food started. So mm -hmm. at this point, we've got all these companies kind of starting up like Kellogg's and other companies that are mass producing food. And so Kellogg goes, was one of the first to go to the government and say, hey, people are getting fat all of a sudden. What's, we don't know what's going on, but me and my team of doctors <laughs> would like to suggest that you consider putting in place some sort of food guidelines, perhaps. Maybe something mm -hmm. in the form of a pyramid. I don't know. But the most important <laughs> just thing. Yeah, just spitballing ideas here. Hear me out. Hear me out. Let's let's put let's kind of like put it in place of what's important. And let's just say though, the most important thing you need is gonna be grains and wheat mm -hmm. and corn. Yeah. And they looked at Kellogg and they said, What are you? Some kind of fruit? <laughs> <laughs> he said, in the closet. <laughs> um, but yeah, so, well, so... And that wasn't the only thing happening at that time. We also had, like, as a result of all the different things that were happening in farming, farming and economically, is that corn was something that was easy yes. to grow a lot of and, and still to use to process things it still is we're still giving rewards to farmers that choose to do lean Unethical. into corn and because that's yeah. where the money is they continue leaning into that rather than finding different and crops the amazing thing i watched this documentary not that long ago and i highly recommend it it's on amazon prime it's called what the wheat and it talks about our food system now and our wheat source today how first of all how genetically modified it is and there is absolutely zero nutritional value or place within our bodies for wheat today Maybe in the day or back in, you know, when we had real ancient, ancient grains, that was one thing, but we don't. Our food is so processed and so um, modified that there is literally zero nutritional substance to wheat today, even organic. Um, and then in addition to that, too, the other thing that I thought was really fascinating about this documentary is they talked about the mass production, produ production excuse me, of corn and wheat in America. We, I have, it's the insanity is kicking <laughs> in, you guys. <laughs> so, sorry, I lost my train of thought because I was masturbating there. Um, <laughs> but, but these, uh, we produce so in America, um, an additional 25% more than what our population as a country needs. And it's like, why? Why do we produce so much? But it shows you that there is such big business in farming, in agriculture, and in the ways that farming was done. The other part of it, too, that I, I got into, or it was a different documentary, but they talked about, you know, how our farmers need to start stepping up and getting away from these old methods and these old... Um, crops and whatnot that their soil that they're using that's what i was watching i was watching a documentary on netflix about soil and it was really fascinating about how that board so, huh it sounds really fast it really was you guys i swear but it was all about our top soil and how our soil that the farmers are using these days is unhealthy soil so they're using unhealthy mm -hmm. soil they've got no motivation from the government to fix their soil they actually get motivated or you know incentives to use 
harmful bacteria because it's inexpensive or because, you know, it's the cheaper, it's the cheap way to go. And, and never mind whether it's harmful on our, our planet, you know, it's, or our health system, it's the cheap, easy way to go. So, Hmm. and it's sad. And I think where this starts to get into the question of, is, is it a cult? Is when we talk about the Battle Creek Sanitarium. Yes. Yes. <laughs> now, it's a sanitarium, very different from a sanatorium. Uh, there's a letter difference in those, and one you go to die of consumption in, and the other is a really cool health spa. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> like, you guys want to go there, right? Uh, no. <laughs> Let's go to the sanitarium. Because you can go enjoy things like colonics and um weird tanning beds we're very big on hydrotherapy i i know he was huge on hydrotherapy i had this vision in my head to reading Uh, did you guys watch nurse ratchet yet i i watched the first two episodes and i i fell off watching it but those first two episodes i'm like picturing him like drilling in the rain and that's all i could think of was this is dr kellogg this is Dr. Kellogg, sexually repressed back in the day, experimenting on <laughs> brains, like not knowing what the fuck he's doing, telling people you can't masturbate. Yeah. Okay. My favorite is the yogurt up the butt. But um, what I found is I started trying to research yogurt up the what? butt. And Wait, the what first, are you talking about The first now? thing that came up in my... Well, it's this part of the colonics. Oh, yeah. yes, 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 yes. Just... The yogurt up the... Okay, yeah. okay, okay. I was he like, wait, where did we talk about yogurt? Yeah. Yeah, he went from just the water to then also using yogurt where he would have you eat some of the yogurt and then the rest he would take and put up your butt. Right, right. Um, so and tell us a little bit about that. Probiotic. <laughs> when I searched it, somebody... The first thing that came up is somebody asked, is Greek yogurt safe? Anal safe? <laughs> People are still wondering today. <laughs> right. I have so many questions. Like, do you use the fruit yogurt? What fruit is the best to put up your butt? Like, unsweetened. Unsweetened. Ooh, that sounds tart and nasty. <laughs> <laughs> That's your problem? <laughs> yeah, I don't want it to taste good, you know? Shit. Yeah. You're going to frost that cake. <laughs> wow. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, he was, you guys, he was really into poop. Like, <laughs> So I'm glad we're all comfortable enough to right. talk about that with each other because it was such a big part of his choices and his beliefs. I guess he like full on went on a safari to Africa and observed gorillas to decide how many times we needed to poop based on how many times they poop. So he's like, they're pooping four times a day. So if we're not pooping four times a day, yeah. something's wrong and we need to help you poop. How dare you not take those gorilla sized shits? Like, what is wrong with I, you? I know. I know. And, you know, I mean, the gorillas are eating lots of fiber, mm-hmm. eating lots of, like, leaves and stuff. That's- so that, I think, also supported the whole, like, eating grains yeah. and vegetarian. And if it's not working out, if it's not coming, I can help you. I'm going to shove some water, some yogurt up your butt, and I'm going to make this happen for you because I want you to be healthy. Yeah. Thank you, Dr. Kellogg. I mean, I do. I, I care about great. You. <laughs> great. <laughs> Oh, this has been so much fun. I never, I didn't realize too when I suggested that we talk about Dr. Kellogg just how much sex talk there would be. So this is fun. Mm. 
<laughs> it gets disturbing though because we already talked about you know the acid on the females right. or right i'm trying to put this into words but it was described as he would take a wire and pull the foreskin forward on the penis and like basically like insert the wire through the skin so that way it couldn't go back get yeah. hard and they couldn't masturbate yeah. like ugh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and he would even they said that he when he circumcised the kids like he wouldn't use any like and he circumcised really, like, himself yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Now, yeah. I'm sorry, but doesn't this story at this point now remind us of Heaven's Gate casterizing themselves, of mm-hmm. uh, what's his name? Uh, remember the Ant Farm kids in, uh, they were actually uh, the Ant Hill kids. kids. They were ones, yeah. too, that were in our first season, were ones that were influenced by mm-hmm. Seven Day Adventists. Do you remember? Mm-hmm. And the they Millerites. Yeah. So, y'all like into some mutilation or some shit because you guys always be cutting people up. Yeah. It's it's almost like the, the distaste and the desire to see sexuality as evil and bad mm-hmm. then kind of like turns in into this mutilation in order to prevent yeah. it. And it's just... It's crazy <sighs> and scary. Yeah. And it's really scary that this is like people... And it's sad. It's sad, too, that people feel so repressed to do this thing that their bodies naturally want to do, and we're telling them, no, it's wrong, it's wrong, it's wrong, and shaming them for it, that they end up, you know, hurting themselves or others when it was so unnecessary. You know, Dr. Kellogg, just jerk it out and get on with your day, you know? (laughs) You could be evoking happily all the time. (laughs) (laughs) All the time. Right? One thing I noticed on my um, quest of researching serial killers, <laughs> uh-huh. I feel like a lot of them are driven by sex, yeah. sex yeah. shame. You know, mm-hmm. when you think of like Gacy, who is attracted to boys. men or boys, what are you going to do with them after you rape them? I'm not saying what he did right, was right. right, right he right. was wrong for everything he did. But at the point that you kidnap a child and then sexually you know, molest or rape them, then what do you do? Just let them go home? Like not everyone's a night killing. stalker. <laughs> yeah, the night stalker too. He was very well, but very he was, he was letting sex. them go afterwards and then taking Some it of out. Them. Well, the kids. He always the kids, let the kids yes, go, yes. and then he'd go like do the same thing to like old people. And yeah, the the new Netflix series on that really great. I haven't yeah. watched it yet, Somebody but I was heard watching it alone yesterday. I heard it was good, so I have to watch that one next. It's enjoyable. They they get a little bit weird about some of the stuff, like kind of they're trying to make you feel more anxious mm. by some of their imagery, and I'm like, I don't. It's a murder story. I don't need to be more right, anxious about right. This. It's fine. It's pretty yeah. intense as it is here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, and this this whole sanitarium, it was popular back in its day. Yes, it really was looked at as like kind of like a nice spa. Like people yeah. looked at it like going on vacation. They would offer to a really they would lovely place. Try to get celebrities in, and that would, that's mm-hmm. another thing too. Is that, that Kellogg? Exactly, that's my point. Kellogg was very smart. He knew what people to go to that would be influential. When he went to approach the government for the as the USDA, he had at that time one of the doctors on his team was the head doctor of Harvard education i mean how is the government supposed to argue with something like that right you went to harvard you got this education like that's impressive 
Never mind, though, that we've got these influences that we grew up with telling us, you know, hey, do this, do this, do this. I mean, isn't that almost like Amy Coney Barrett? She grew up in her religious background, was put through school, even though we know that she was not, you know, she was picked for the reason to support and represent her cause, not this is what you want to do. This is how we're going to groom you growing up, you know. So, I mean, it's to me, it's a very similar almost you're going to grow up, you're going to grow up in the 70 Adventist group, and you're going to represent us and do this and spread this message. And she, mm-hmm. she just happened to have gotten in a good place, but still got to push her mm-hmm. message, you know? Yeah. And I think it's also really interesting how, like, these ideas go to extremes. Mm-hmm. Like, so Seventh-day Adventists, like, their whole ideas behind, like, the food and everything, part of it was kind of combating an issue that was going on. Right. People were not eating great. Um, the the meals that they were eating was calling lots of gastrointestinal distress. That word came out really good. <laughs> um, gastrointestinal distress. So, like, they were trying to, like, kind of help out with some of that stuff, but they went to this far extreme. And yep. it's like, don't we realize that there's a happy medium ground right? where a little bit of all the things is really healthy and really good. Oh, balance, people. I do, <laughs> yeah. I do find it really funny, though, that John Kellogg made the cereal with the idea of, like, people being healthier, not having sex. And his brother, Will, was like, let's throw some sugar on it and sell it to everybody. <laughs> well, and now yeah. when you look at all their cereals, they're all, like, Fruit Loops. <laughs> like, everything's very and sugar. And they have a very, <laughs> Kellogg had a very, very close relationship, too, with other agricultural farmers at the time. And the top crops at that time were corn, wheat, and sugar. And sugar was great for the corn and wheat company because how else are you going to sell corn and wheat? Because it's gross. Yeah. I mean, like, (laughs) nobody wants, like, even just regular cornflakes, non-frosted cornflakes, has so much sugar Mm -hmm. and additives in there. And sugar is such um, a filler. And it's so cheap Mm -hmm. that, again, it's the mass production. Mm -hmm. It all comes down to money and Mm -hmm. who they can And convenience, too. Yes. Yes. Like, a big part of his drive for this was he was looking, like, when you're making yourself a big roast pig every morning for breakfast, this is very time intensive. Right. Um, he was. They were also looking for like something you could do quickly that was gonna also be healthy. Yeah. Um, I mean, I know I always so the start convenience my, of that prepackaged stuff. Yeah, I always have to start my pig at like four a.m. and it's the biggest pain in the ass. You know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cornflakes does sound way easier in theory. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it does. Or just grabbing a yogurt and going out back for your colonic. You know? The other thing, yeah, too, that a lot of people don't understand at that time is that and that the dairy um, industry was growing and was being recognized as its own, and it was at the time one of the only acknowledged food groups. Wheat and corn were not, and produce weren't acknowledged necessarily the same way a food group is the way, or that milk, dairy, and those type of products, eggs and cheese were. So dairy was marketed very differently at the time, and Kellogg wanted that. So he really did have marketing strategies and was really good about, like, 
this should be a food group. This is why it should be a food group. And he put out so many books trying to, you know, put the literature out there to back his story that these are healthy food groups and it should be a food group. So, yeah. You're a food <laughs> Thank group. Thank you. Yeah. I fall under the tree <laughs> category. Oh, no, just kidding. <laughs> so should we go through our uh, our tenets and see if this is a cult? Okay. Sure. All right. So first off, we have charismatic leader. I'm going to say yes. I think they had a few different charismatic leaders. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think, like we said, we had our boss bitch, you know. Miss Ellen mm-hmm. White, mm-hmm. leading everyone as the prophetess she is. That's right. Was... <laughs> this book had a whole cast of characters. <laughs> yeah. And, and then, then Millerite, Kellogg. Kellogg, yeah. His oh, brother. Goodness. Yeah, Miller. Yep. yep. What about alienation? Yes, because we didn't talk about it, but they actually started um, a compound, or uh, like a facility. Like there was the sanatorium, which was that in itself too, but they had a farm as well. And we didn't really talk about it, but they in Minnesota, I believe, kind of all like grouped out together there and built up a huge community. Like hmm. Kellogg did specifically, yeah. or the Seventh Day Adventists? No, Kellogg and um and his lady, Ellen. Because <laughs> <laughs> I know the Seventh Day Adventists. One of the big things they did was about spreading and bringing more people in. Right. Like they started going really into like get people and bring them in. So yeah. yeah. See, so we got recruitment going on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How about belief system? Ah, uh, there's some beliefs here. <laughs> some there literal, some, yeah. some yeah. literal beliefs. <laughs> How about outside evil? Masturbating. Oh. Meat. 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 <laughs> <Eat> your meat. <laughs> Anything meat related. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. And sense of community. Well, yeah. Yeah, yeah I was going to say, I think that every church has that you know that sense of community no matter where you go there's going to be that group whether you're stuck there or not i wonder how many people went to the health center voluntarily and how many were there because it was hospital-based treatment they needed and what if Mm -hmm. it was for something like stupid like remember i nurse ratchet there was a girl there because she was a lesbian Oh, I mean, that's not even, that's everywhere yeah, yeah. in this time frame. Right. Like, I'm sorry, do you like the same sex? <laughs> you need to go to this place and experience some electrocution. That's, yeah, yeah. So. Rude. Rude. <laughs> Very, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. Wow, so I guess this one goes into the cold category. Yes. I, I still... I don't know. I still see it more as a religion, you guys. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, because I guess I didn't see so much of the, like, if people tried to leave it, they were shunned and ruined. And That's true. Uh, that, like, it seemed like more of a sucking in and less of a, if people fell away, that they would then destroy yeah. you. Um, I, yeah, I so think I that know. part like of it, it but yeah. I feel all religions and cults do a fine little dance. Like, which one are we? Exactly. It's hard (laughs) Uh to tell. I think this one, too, with the the hospital status for me, I'm just, like, picturing, and I have no idea if this is 
actually what it is, but in my head, I've painted it to be, you know, this horrible place where people are trying to break free out of and leave. Oh. And they can't. And in a lot of the reading, like I said, it was described like a really fancy health spa that was doing, like, people would go there to vacation, (laughs) and there was beautiful pools to take in the waters, and, uh, but they were doing some weird-ass shit. Yeah. I think with a lot of these... Literally weird-ass shit. Yeah, (laughs) weird-ass shit. I think a lot of these groups slash religions, like, you're very right, Rachel, I think it depends on how deep people get into Mm -hmm. these and what aspects are exposed to. Because if I just go for a vacation and I'm given boring food, like, that's really not that bad of an experience. But if I go and get my dick stapled shut, like, that's not a great experience. I'm less into this. I I was going to say, I think that the the experience you have depends very much on how in-depth you get. Because let's look at, like, Scientology, for example. Some people have Mm -hmm. crazy traumatic stories from Scientology and then I have a friend that I was talking to just the other day and he's like oh my mom checked out a couple meetings and now they've called me to see if I want to go but that's the end of the story so I I mean it really I think you have to get to that level to be where they even trust like okay we can go a little further you know yeah Mm -hmm. yeah yeah sometimes right talking about oh well, and I was just going to say, and it's interesting, like, this is one of those ones that still has a very healthy presence. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, healthy being like, it is, it abounds. Right. It is around us. It is still happening around us. People in power, like. And not just around Carson us. is one. And not just around <laughs> us, but so much has impacted our food system today. Mm-hmm. How many, how many products do you think you, I'm sure, like, we probably each have at least one Kellogg product within our home right now. And uh-huh. I'm because I'm if you look, Kellogg's is a multi billion dollar company, yeah. they make tons of different brands and products now at this point. And it's it just shows like where was the motivation? Like, was it the money? Because obviously, Dr. Mm-hmm. Kellogg is very successful and he's passed on a, a very fortunate, you know lying to his family so it's like where does the motivation come from where does you know i don't know it's just it's just crazy to think too how it is all today in our in our system and how it's promoted as healthy like i'm looking at kellogg's right now and they have a product called kellogg's fiber plus antioxidants that sounds healthy doesn't it so healthy is it organic yeah (laughs) It's organic. (laughs) Organic from ancient grains. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'll definitely say, like, there's probably never going to be a time in my life where I completely give up Frosted Flakes. Like, there's something (laughs) about once in a while having a delicious bowl of Frosted Flakes that feeds my soul. Um, Corn and sugar. Corn and sugar. You know what? They knew what they were doing. Dampened in milk. (laughs) I just want it. Pour some yogurt up your ass and sit down. (laughs) Some cereal. it sucks too because I'm like I right now I'm looking too at all the different brands and I'm like Fruit Loops, Corn Pops, <laughs> Cocoa Pops. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, Lucky Charms! Lucky. I just like eating mm. sugar for breakfast. Yeah, that's what I like. Forget that pig. <laughs> 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 oh. What are we talking cuter. about next episode, Rachel? Synonym. 
Cinnabon. I'm the one Cinnabon. that chose it even. Cinnabons. <laughs> we are going to come together and eat Cinnabons. Um, Those aren't keto friendly. Cinnabon. <laughs> oh no. Um, yeah, it is a super fun little group that started out here in Santa Monica and has had like a little guest appearance in a George Lucas film, and we're gonna talk about them. Yeah. Just made this the George Lucas season. <laughs> yes, this is the George Lucas season, I guess. Yeah. Exciting. <laughs> yes. I mean, now yep. that I'm a Jedi, yeah. we... I have to relate to him yeah. more. So. Yeah. <laughs> Where can we find you, Vicky? Well, for my keto stuff, you can find me on my keto website, which is theketoquestion.com. And, or of course, on my personal Instagram, which is keto.victoria. And yeah, hit me up and, you know, we can talk all things keto and I can tell you how to start your day and prepare your pig the best way, you know. It's important. Yeah, help you bake too without using things like flour and grain. Mm. Nice. Yeah. And then I'm Rachel. Oh, Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm a girl too. <laughs> <laughs> um, you can find me at Real Bonus Ripper if you want to hear me talk about sexy romance books and frustrations and joys that you find in them. And uh, pretty soon you can also just look at my Instagram at Rachel Babette where I'm going to be building a van that I'm going to live in. So. Hey, that sounds exciting. <laughs> I have a van. When I drive it around, I feel very petite and people are very confused by me. The person at the dealership, as I got out and like gave him so it could have its little checkup, he was like, I feel like there's a story here. And I'm like, what? You don't have little five foot one girls coming up all the time with a giant van? Yeah. How fun and exciting. I love watching videos on YouTube where people take their vans and convert them. And so I can't wait to watch you do that. I can't wait to yes. watch that. <laughs> I watched it for years, and now I'm going to do it. I was it. watching um, the other day. I was like, where can I put a recycle, like the container homes? Where can I build one of those and drop one of yeah. those off? Because those are cool, too. <laughs> yes. So. I want to have, like, a commune of that. Right? <laughs> Just my friends living in container homes In container together. homes. I'm down. Let's this is why I destined to be in a cult. <laughs> I can't, I'm not going to lie, as I was building my keto network, I was very much like, like, how, how do I do this? And I was very nervous because I'm like, I'm not building a keto cult. Like, this isn't a keto cult in the making, is it? And if it I, is, I am mean, I not I'm, okay with it? Because I kind of am. Like, I'm not going to lie. I'm kind of good with it. <laughs> I foresee it being one of our episodes. Okay. So. <laughs> the time Victoria now, actually started a cult. Yes. You got your practice yeah. here and you went on to great things. And now we want to know about Alan. Yeah. Um, well, if you can't get enough of me and Sean, we actually, okay. we, you can find us <laughs> on the Marvelous Galaxy of Disney. Or if you're a Disney fan as well, too, for obvious reasons. Um, and you can you can follow our Instagram at Marvelous Galaxy of Disney. All one word. Yep. You guys, WandaVision. WandaVision. Yes. <laughs> I haven't so watched it yet. Our show on, uh, on Instagram at Once Upon a Cult, or you could find me on Brunch with the Hollowells, our movie geek and proud. Exciting stuff. And 
And you have buttons, right? Yes, buttons and on butts. Etsy, Magic Havoc. And yeah. I wrote a book. You can find that through my Instagram, too. I've been busy. I was going to say, we've all been so busy. <laughs> we all do all the things. All yep. do all the things, right? <laughs> all right, guys. Hi. Thanks for joining. Thank you. It was yeah. fun today. Thank you. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye.